We invite you, King. We invite your Holy Spirit to come in. Have your way in this place right now, Holy Spirit. We invite you. We invoke your presence right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. You are the King and you're invited to come in, to come in, to come in. Well, good morning. Good morning, Shiloh family and friends. I greet you this morning. It is certainly an honor and a privilege to stand before you this morning. I give honor to our bishop and our first lady for providing me this opportunity to proclaim the gospel. We worship you, we honor you. And to my family, to my children, Trefina and Robert Jr., who I love and adore in the heart of my life, my children. And to my beautiful wife, Elder Tasha Martin, who I love and adore so much. I thank you, I thank you to all of the leadership here and to the Shiloh family once again. Now that we have the protocol out of the way, we wanna take a time to deliver this message to you that the Lord has placed on my heart. I want to draw your attention to 2 Corinthians chapter one, verses eight through 11, who was read by Elder Wade. I will read it this time from the Message Bible. 2 Corinthians chapter one, verses eight through 11 from the Message Bible. We do not want you in the dark, friends, about how hard it is when we were all, this came down on us in Asia province. It was so bad that we didn't think we were going to make it. We felt like we'll been, we've been sent to death row, that it was all over for us. As it turned out, it was the best thing that could ever happen. Instead of trusting in our own strengths or wits to get out of it, we found we were forced to trust God totally. Not a bad idea since he is the God who raises the dead. And he did it, rescued us from certain doom and he'll do it again. Rescuing us as many times as we need rescuing. You and your prayers are part of the rescue operation. I don't want you in the dark about that either. I can see your faces even now lifted, praising for God, deliverance of us, a rescue in which prayers played such a crucial part. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, once again for this opportunity to proclaim the gospel. Oh, Father, I ask that you hide me behind the cross. I invoke your presence right now to take complete control of me, Lord. Oh, Father, I surrender my will into your will so that you can have your way throughout this time. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen, amen. One of the most relaxing mechanisms that I quite often engage in is mowing of the lawn, mowing my lawn. When I do that, I put on my music. I like to listen to music 
while I go up and down on my tractor mowing my lawn. Although I have several songs on my playlist that I often listen to, there's one particular song that I'm fond of. It is a song that I occasionally put on the repeat mode. I play it over and over again. It's a powerful Christian song composed by the worship artist Eddie James titled Breakthrough. It is a very intriguing song, probably one of my favorite songs. Here are the lyrics where you will clearly understand the hope and the peace that it brings to me while listening to it and mowing my lawn. Breakdown, breakthrough. You are the God of the breakthrough. When I can't see my way through and I really don't know what to do, I look to you. Breakthrough. Walls fall down when I shout through, so I'm going to praise you. Breakthrough. You are the God. You are the God. You are the God. You are the God of the breakthrough. With that song in mind, I would like to talk to you from the sermon title, Your Breakthrough is on the Way. Your Breakthrough is on the Way. As I was praying and asking God to give me a timely message for the body of Christ, I pondered the question, why does daily living appears to start off right while at the same time suddenly turn for the worse? Everything is everything, it's going all good, but then it suddenly turns for the worse. I'm sure I'm not the only one who has pondered that thought. Many, if not all of us, have experienced some sort of breakdown related to despair, heartaches. During the past year, and in some cases, even longer than that, we have experienced social isolation, social injustice, loss of jobs, loss of family members related to COVID. We experienced so much tragedy. If that wasn't enough stress for us to lose our ever-loving mind, I don't know what is. I really don't. J just recently, I had to take this online training. It was a stress-related training at work titled Stress and Trauma. When I, when I first looked at the subject, I said stress and trauma, okay. Got to take the test, no problem, I'll take the test. But I says, I, I thought I had stress and trauma under control. I, 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 I am a unit administrator of two very large facilities. So I deal with stress daily, day to day. So why take the test? So it was mandatory. So halfway through the test, the training, I realized the training in itself was stressing me out. <laughs> you, you see, the agency has up, has set up our training in a manner that you can't multitask while doing this training. It, when, when you pull up the screen for the training, you, you have to hit the next button to go to the next screen. But, but if you didn't get it on that screen, you hit the back button to go back to the screen. So, so, 
I, I, I was trying to multitask. I was trying to multitask. So I was sitting at my desk. That next button came up. I hit next. Wasn't really reading it or paying attention to what was going on, but I just was hitting next. But, but the agency was smart enough to say they didn't want us to rush through the training. They wanted us to get something out of this training. So they delayed the next button. <laughs> they, 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 they delayed the next button. So, I, 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 then, then, then they got to a quiz. So I hit that next button, Gloria, and then a quiz popped up. So I said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So, so I'm, I'm looking at the questions to the quiz now. I don't know how to answer these questions because I was hitting that next button. So remember what I told you? They had a next button and a back button. So I, I'm at the quiz right now, honey. I'm at the quiz, so I said, okay, no problem. Not gonna stress out, this is stress training. I'm gonna hit the back button so I get the answer to take this next quiz. But, 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 they was a little wiser than that. They, 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 they said, when you got to the quiz, you couldn't hit that back button. I said, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So, so, now, instead of me hitting that back button, to find the answer to that quiz, I had to start all over <laughs> from the very beginning. From the very beginning. After going through that a few cycles, it took a few cycles for it to register into me that, boy, you better start reading that quiz. <laughs> you better start reading. So I, I started reading and, and, and I got the point to it. And I took the exam, and I, and I, and I finished that, 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 that training. But what I quickly realized that the training was not actually from the training. I realized when I was taking it, what I realized is that I had to take my focus back to the beginning. I, I'm not referring to the beginning of the training. Rather, I'm, I, I'm referring to the beginning of my patience. You, you see, I'm a man that don't spend too much time figuring things out. I, I can't speak for all men. I'm speaking for this man. I, 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 I like to look at things, make an assessment, and then execute. Whenever I'm putting something together, I, I open up the box, I look at the picture, I look at the direction, I look at the instruction. I, I, I pretty much process it in my mind what I need to do to put it together. And then what I do, I execute. That, that, that's what type of person I am, that's what type. See, what the training taught me, a very important lesson that day. I learned that I had to be, have a breakdown before I could get a breakthrough. I came today, people of God, to let you know God is looking for a breakdown so he can provide a breakthrough. That, 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 that's some good preaching right there. God is looking to break you down so that he can provide a breakthrough. That, that's some preaching right there, right there, right there. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. 
in having to deal with the vicissitudes of life, as I have alluded to, to as a breakdown, during these unprecedented times, this might be a hard concept for many of us to grasp. The question I'm sure that comes to mind for you, preacher, what do we do during this breakdown period while we're waiting for this breakthrough? What, what, what can we do with ourselves at the end of ourselves? What do we do to find ourselves confronting the limits of our humanity? I, I, I suggest that we look at the text for our answer. Well, when we look at the text, we find Apostle Paul was writing to the Christian community of Corinth. In verse 8, we find that Paul was being specific about his own personal despair story. Not struggling with the Corinthian community who was being persecuted for following Jesus. Verse 8 of the text in the New King James Version states, we don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, for our troubles which came to us in Asia, that we were bound beyond measures above strength so that we, so that we despaired even life. In this verse, in this verse, it's not accounting in detail for the adversity that he was facing in Asia. Some commentary suggests that it was uproar lodged against him from Demetrius, the silverman, because so many of them had been following Christ, resulting in Demetrius losing money. He was an individual who was selling silver idols of the goddess Diana. Diana was known at that time as a goddess, and she was being worshiped for hunt of wild animals, fertility, and for the moon. Others suggest that it could be part of Paul's hardship, his encounter due to his missionary work. I suggest whatever the hardship, uproar, or adversity Paul was facing, God was advising us today that he sees our struggles. God is advising us today that he sees our struggle and he is with us always. Isaiah 41 and 10 puts it this way, fear not for I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous hand. I don't know about you, but that's some good news. That's some good news, that's some good news for me today. I need someone to type in the comment section by speaking to yourself. Hold on, my breakthrough is on the way. Hold on, hold on, my breakthrough is on the way. Now for those of us here in the sanctuary, turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, hold on. Your breakthrough is on the way. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Your breakthrough is on the way. Saints, I came today to let you know, don't fret, don't even worry, don't think about it. Your breakthrough is on its way. Verse nine and 10 of the text helps us understand this idea. 
even further. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves, and we should not trust in ourselves, but trust in the God who raises the dead, who delivered us from the great death and does deliver us, in whom will we trust that he will still deliver us? You see, in this verse right here, it is understood that Corinthians value strength, success, and status. Sounds much like us Christians today. Sounds like what we value. Strength, success, and status. We find often that we depend on our own skills and abilities when everything is everything. Everything is everything. When we went to school to educate ourselves so that we can go further in life, in life to do better for ourselves, we, we got a couple of letters behind our name, in front of our name, and all around our name. We, 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 we did that through our job experience. I am Warden Robert Martin of the Corrigan Correctional Facility. I oversee such and such and such and such and such. I am that. Okay. Life experience. I grew up in the hood. <laughs> you ain't grew up in the hood, don't go to the hood. That's what they say. I, 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 I'm just saying. I'm just saying, bro. Life lessons. Whatever lessons that we might have learned in our lives, we depend on that. We depend on those things. We only turn to God when we're feeling unable to help ourselves. It is the time we feel powerless over our situation. That's the time when we turn to God. In these two verses, Paul is letting us know that we cannot and should not depend on our own strength. We should depend more and more on the strength of God even in those life and death situations, we should depend on God. It is that moment when we'll find our breakthrough. Since, since, since I want to get to the end and, and leave you with a couple of, as our bishops say, nuggets, I would like to leave you with three key factors that will help us be, that's necessary to help us in preparing for the breakthrough that Paul has pointed out in the text. Okay, here we go. How do we prepare for our breakthrough? Factor number one, prepare for the flagship. Prepare for the flagship. In other words, we must prepare for the prize. Philippians 3 and 14 tells us that we must press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ. In Philippians, Paul's, Paul is letting us know we have all done things in our past that we are ashamed of and live in the tension of what's done, prohibiting us from getting to our destiny. We should look forward to what God has lined up for our future not focus on our past. In, in verse 8 of the text, Paul wants us to know through his personal experience, when times get tough, and they will, 
we must prepare for God to show up and show out. I'm gonna say that again. You have to be prepared for God to show up and show out. Gloria sung so wonderful this morning that he's a king. We welcome him and we invite him to what? Come in. So what Gloria was actually doing, she was preparing us, preparing our heart, preparing our spirits to receive the Lord Jesus Christ on this morning. So we have to be prepared for the Lord to show up because when he shows up, he's gonna show out. <clears throat> we also find in verse 10, Paul is setting up the reader by talking about his situation he had to face. It was a setup. The Message Bible makes it much clear for us to see that setup. We don't want you in the dark, friends, by how hard it was when all of us came down, when all of this came down on us in Asia. The affliction in Asia of which Paul speaks of had been so devastating that he barely escaped with his life. God often brings us to a point in our life not apprehend on our own inefficiencies to help ourselves and may induce to a place of trust and hope in all sufficiencies. Our limitations are God's opportunities. Our limitations is God's opportunity. Early in 2020, we were faced with our own insufficiencies where we most, if not all of us, didn't think we were gonna make it. Life as we knew it had changed. Things were getting tough just for us to live our daily lives. Basic essential items were hard to come by. In the stores, you looked at the shelves, no cleaning supplies, no toilet tissue, milk, juice, water. Everything was really hard to come by. Then to top it off, some of us were put out of work. Those of us who were at work were required to wear masks 24-7. Basically, the entire nation was placed on a lockdown. We couldn't move. We couldn't do nothing. We, we, were, we, were, we were in a sense of panic due to the lockdown. But through it all, through it all, someone say through it all, but through it all, through it all, through it all. Thanks be to God, we are beginning to see our breakthrough. We have been vaccinated. Restrictions are starting to be relieved, lifted. The sun is shining brighter. Our norm is right around the corner. Through it all, through it all. Thanks be to God. My brothers and my sisters, God is in control. We must continue to prepare for the flagship while getting ready for our breakthrough. Not only must we prepare for our flagship, we must have factor number two. Praise God for his faithfulness. Praise God for his faithfulness. As believers, we often give God thanks when thing is going well for us. As I said earlier, when everything is everything. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's all good in the hood. 
Thank you, Lord. When we receive that blessing from the Lord, we don't have a problem of giving them thanks, Deke. We thank them. Thank you, Lord. You've been so good to me. Thank you, Lord. You've been better than a brother. Thank you, Lord. You've been better than a father. Thank you, Lord. We thank God when we receive those new jobs. We thank God when we receive that new house. We even thank God when we receive that stimulus check. Thank you, Lord. You're good. You've been so good. How often do we praise God for his faithfulness? In other words, how often do we praise God for his credit? How often do we praise God for his credit? What, what, what do I mean by his credit? The things that God has already proven and has already done for us, that's his credit. How often do we praise God for the credit? You see in the text, Paul is letting us know in verses 9 through 10. Yes, we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead, who delivered us from a great death, who does deliver us, in whom we trust, and that he will still deliver us. The God we have faith in the resurrection that God can raise the dead. He lets us know, God credit is still good today. God credit is still good today for whatever situation that we, may, that we might face, whether it's a large situation or a large situation. God's credit is still good. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We must praise God for his faithfulness in advance. Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any nature comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Know that God has already provided a resolution. Let me see if we can drive this home a little bit before we get to our third and final factor. As we all can attest, the church and the public sector has been through some trials, which the church which the church as a body is expected to be able to handle adversity. That, that, that's what the world thinks. You're in church. You are expected to be able to handle adversity. That's what they say. That's what they say. Nevertheless, the reality is, even for us Christians, we struggle with adversity due to our humanity. The key point that I bring to you this morning we must praise God for his faithfulness in advance to see the manifestation of his breakthrough. Praise God in advance and you will see the manifestation of his breakthrough. 
in closing, in closing, in closing. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, God. In closing, prepare for the breakthrough. We must, number one, prepare for the flagship. Number two, praise God for his faithfulness. And lastly, pray for increased fortitude. You're probably saying, preacher, how did you get that out the text? Praying for increased fortitude simply mean that we must increase our strength in prayer. It's basically, short word, our faith. Having the stack stamina to pray when it appears to be no way out. Paul was a man of faith, but the Bible reveals that he made a statement of death. Although, as I said, the Bible does not recall the particular problem he was faced with. However, it was evident that it was great tribulation. He and his companions were pushed out of measures above their strength that most of us could handle. If there was a time to pray for increased fortitude, this was a time. In looking at the text, we find that Paul appears to the prayer of many. He is appealing to, and my, my, my lovely wife will love this one. He is appealing to intercessory prayer to help. Paul knew that intercessors could get a prayer through with power. Intercession, intercession is powerful because it calls on God to move on behalf of his people. It's not self-reliance. It creates a space in which we turn to God and call on his power to do above and beyond what we can imagine or we could even think to do. It's that type of prayer, it's that type of prayer. Paul in his request challenges the community of Corinth to pray for him. Shiloh family, visitors, friends, I leave you with this. What would you do when tragedy is knocking on your door? I came to tell you, prepare for your flagship. Praise God for your faithfulness. Pray for increased fortitude. Your breakthrough is on the way. That job you were searching for, your breakthrough is on its way. That child you were praying for, your breakthrough is on its way. That home you've been saving for, your breakthrough is on its way. That loved one you've been grieving for, their breakthrough is on its way. That addiction you've been trying to overcome, your breakthrough is on its way. That marriage you've been fighting for, your breakthrough is on its way. Whatever it is, know your breakthrough, it's on its way. This is the word of God for the people of God. Praise be to God.